Hello and welcome to the Movie Lab, this is Michael. And I'm Damien. And today, Damien, we're here to do part three in our Predator series with a review of Predators. Now, Damien, do you have any thoughts or memories going into this one? Uh, the only thing I really remember about this film is that I saw the trailer when it was coming out and never saw it. So, okay, yeah, wow. Not a lot. That's extensive. Uh, okay, yeah, well, for me, this film, I mean, coming off the back of the first two, this is a big gap, actually, because Predator... Predator 2 came out in 1990. Here we are all the way in 2010 with this release, so it's been 20 years. Yeah, I mean, um, there's been big gaps between all the films so far, I'm pretty sure, hasn't there? I mean, I suppose you could say that Alien versus Predator, those two films, um, were sequels. We haven't included them in this series because, I I mean, they are technically, according to canon, that that's a completely different series. So uh, I, we might get around to that at some stage, but... Yeah, I've just gone straight to Predators here because uh, technically in the Predator line of sequels, um, Alien vs. Predator isn't included. So really it's 20 years between sequels, so a long time. But definitely there's no doubt that the interest in this series was sparked up again by Alien vs. Predator. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think a lot of people just kind of forgot about Predators in a way since Predator 2 until those movies came back. I think people remembered Aliens more just because they were... You know, the first two Alien films are pretty regarded well, as well. Yeah, well, the first two Aliens are regarded as two of the great sci-fi films ever made, really. Um, and even the third one has its audience, and, and I think the fourth one was reasonably popular as well. Predator is a bit different. The first Predator is a very famous movie that everybody remembers. I, I, as I said last week when we did our Predator 2 uh, review... I don't think that's a sequel that's necessarily remembered by anybody. I'm not sure everybody's even aware that there's a Predator 2. So here we go into Predators, and I'm not sure... I'm not even sure that the the, um, the studio was necessarily certain how well this film will go. And it's not a, high, a really high-budget film, and that's probably evident in that, that they, weren't, they were taking maybe a little bit of a risk uh, resurrecting a franchise that, well, kind of died 20 years ago. So... Yeah, going into this one, um, it was a uh, not not it was a feeling of not really knowing what to expect. And I do remember when I saw this film in cinemas, I I don't know. It, it kind of it was a film that uh, it was a film that I, I think I enjoyed it at the time, but I, I quickly forgot about it. It didn't really leave much of a lasting impression. And you know, having seen it again, um, well, I mean, we'll get into that now. But um, but yeah, okay, we'll, we'll we'll get into it, Damien. So, Predators is directed by Nimrod Antal. It's starring Adrian Brody, Alice Braga, Lawrence Fishburne, and Topher Grace. And to quote the IMDb summary, a group of elite warriors parachute into an unfamiliar jungle and are hunted by members of a merciless alien race, which is the Predator race, of course. Not a bad IMDb summary. We've had worse, but we've had better. Sums it up well enough, I think. Yeah, okay. So, uh, okay, well, first of all, now we complained last time in Predator 2 that that was a bit of a grubby-looking film, but uh, not so in this one. I think this is actually a really good-looking film. Like, the cinematography is really nice, and, yeah, it, it has a, a nice, crisp sort of look about it, and, um, and yeah, I really like that. Yeah, I guess there's um, you know, the one scene where they kind of walk over the hill or whatever, and they see, like, they're on an alien planet. That was a really cool moment. Like, that reveal, it's just really nice, really spectacular. And yeah, there's a lot of other just like really nice shots and sets in this film that really help give it a you know good sense of mystery and intrigue and what's going on kind of thing. A lot of the score is borrowed from the first Predator yeah, film. I I thought so because I was like, this sounds very familiar. It never actually pumps out the full-on Predator theme, but there are moments here and there where it'll 
you know, a little sound cue will be from the original Predator. Yeah, I think that worked pretty well because it definitely put me in the mood for some Predators, I think. The opening of this film was, uh, you know, because uh, I, I, you loved the opening, didn't you? I remember before we saw, before we even saw, talked about this film or before we'd, either of us had seen it, you, you pointed out that it had an excellent opening um, for, with the um, parachute at the start. Yeah, I thought that was like a good kind of way to set up some intrigue and mystery because it kind of flips the script a little to like the first two Predator films where it's like instead of the Predator going to them to hunt people, like they're bringing people to them in like their own kind of like game reserve in a way. I think this opening, yeah, that, that's a good point. To me, this opening feels like on paper it's a good idea. Like we open up with people falling through the sky with a parachute um, just thrown straight into it and they don't know where they are. And uh, and that that you know that's supposed to grab you straight away, and maybe it did for a lot of people, but I don't know. This sort of feels like uh, it was a textbook good idea, but the execution of it, I don't know. It didn't really grab me like I think I think the film wanted to, and uh, I'm yeah. not really sure what to put that down to. I don't know if that's the filmmaking, or maybe they're just maybe you can throw too much at uh, an audience in, in one go. With yeah, an like I'd that. say it is kind. Of, it does feel a bit confused at times. Like I think just like in a way though, that sense of mystery I think was pretty good but then like at the same time i feel like when the more predator stuff we saw that wasn't the predators themselves it also kind of just like ruined the flow of what that mystery was even though as an audience we always knew what it was going to be well so yeah, i guess it's just kind of hard to balance you're right that audience expectation yeah that, that that i mean look the plot unravels as you go and uh, the environment i mean you mentioned before that moment where uh, they go to the i think they're on a cliff side or on the hilltop or something and they look up at the sky and they you know the trees are gone and they can see other planets and they're clearly not on earth and that was a really cool moment because the environment they're in it slowly reveals itself and and you know and they are led in i mean look as an audience you i mean you don't automatically know right from the start that they're not on earth i mean you might assume as much that they're not but i mean you know as an audience member that you know that, that they're there because of the predators um but yeah, I mean, I I think the film still does a fairly good job at keeping you somewhat in the dark, not knowing everything as you go. And I think that shot, apart from being a really nice shot, it was a cool reveal to see that they weren't on Earth and that they were on some weird planet where God knows where, you know. Yeah. And um, yeah, so I think in that sense, the the plot does unravel as it goes. But yeah, um, you know, you came to a film titled Predators. You know, there are going to be predators in it, and that they're all behind it. So there was that too. Yeah, but then I think, you know, the other big thing with this film, especially in the early part, is all the different characters that are here. Yes. Could you put that up, Damien? That was my next point. Uh, um, yeah, look, I... Okay, well, I'll let you go first. What did you think of the characters in this film? Um, I don't know, like, some of them were all right. Like, a few of them just felt really silly. Like, I know, like, obviously you have to kind of go for, like, archetypes and tropes or whatever. When you just like, especially for ones that are going to be, you know, disposable. But um, some of them I just didn't really care for. Like, I didn't care for Adrian Brody's character. He just like, he felt kind of boring to me. Yep. He was like, kind of like a typical kind of no-nonsense action star, which isn't very interesting, especially when you compare it to like, protagonists from the previous Predator films. Um, There was the, you know, evil doctor guy who wasn't evil until the end. Yeah, for Grace's I, character. Yeah, which I we'll just, get on to. I we'll talk about him more, I guess, later. But like, didn't care for him. Yeah, I I, I like the Russian guy. <laughs> I thought these. Well, you just like Russians. I know. <laughs> That's the thing. Uh, well, I I think 
I see. I don't know if I call them characters as much as they are caricatures. Because exactly. You're right. Yeah. They're, they're all these. It's like channeling. It's so much of this film was trying to challenge the original. A uh, channel. Sorry, the original um, Predator. And a lot of these characters are like the characters in the original one. They're all kind of action heroes. You know, they're all super tough in their own unique ways, and they're the ultimate prey for these predators. And you know, if you know anything about Predator. Again, you you can sort of see why they've 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 all been summoned there and why they would have been selected. But yeah, uh, I don't think any of these characters are particularly interesting or good. None of them are bad, but they're they're all just a bit like okay, this is the commando guy. This is the you know yakuza guy. This is the I like the yakuza guy. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, this is the you know this is the criminal. You know, like it's just I I don't think any of those characters were so much. Um, so much had personalities as much as they had sort of a, a shell, you yeah. know, like, okay, so we can label this guy that, this and this guy that, but I don't know if any of these characters are really fleshed out at any point. So I, I'm going to say like they're, they're just kind of a pass, you know? Yeah. Certainly I mean, better than the characters in Predator 2, but really, <laughs> I mean, if you compare yourself to that, you don't have to be that good to, to, to trump Predator 2. Yeah, I say, and then like... Stuff like the criminal character, I thought he was really dumb because he's like meant to be this crazy violent killer or whatever, but he like talks like a thirteen-year-old on Xbox Live. Yeah, <laughs> that um, seemed like like oh, we need the most evil guy we can think of. What well, does your brother say on Xbox Live all the time? Let's just write that down, put it in the script. Yeah, well, okay, well, let, let's talk about Adrian Brody for a second. Um, I look, I think Adrian Brody's actually a pretty good. Well, he's a very good actor. Yeah, he he's a great Oscar, actor. But I don't see. I don't think he is the uh, the lead in an action film. And uh, you know, the the gruff voice that he puts on the Christian Bale Batman voice is just a bit silly. And like, it's so obviously not his real voice. And it and this came out at around about the time that the Dark Knight was really popular as well. So you can see what he's doing. And I, look, I didn't hate him. He was fine, I guess. But um, yeah, if you compare him to, say, Arnold, uh, yeah, I'm not... I mean, even Danny Glover, to me, had a bit more... He was a bit... Oh, no, I'm not going to say he was better. But but <laughs> he had something unique about him. This is just a bland yeah. bland action hero that I don't really care too much about without without hating him or not caring about him at all. I... um. Yeah, I just, I don't know. He's I just, feel like, once again, like, uh, uh, Arnold was so good in the first one, and we've just, once again, I think they've miscast their, their lead role. I think, like, with this as well, there's, because um, all these characters don't know each other, it's like, there's no pre-existing relationships, like, in the other films, so you kind of, like, tap into how the character works, and, like, there's no real development between characters a lot. Like, the only character who gets kind of developed, I guess, and, like, is the doctor guy, and even then, you just kind of find out more about him. He's not really like doesn't change as a character. Yeah, Topher Grace. Oh, look, I'm not a fan of Topher Grace. I I didn't watch that '70s show, and I know that's kind of what he's most popular from. So maybe that's that's just me. But uh, the two things I associate him with uh, this film, which I I thought his character was obnoxious at first and just weird towards the end. That yeah, twist is like a secondary antagonist that we don't really need because it's a predator film and you just need the predator to be the bad guy did you see that twist coming that Topher grace would turn out to be a psycho maniac who is a serial killer i don't know if they'd implied yeah, that he had i killed i kind of guessed it because like oh everyone else is like you know some soldier or something so i guess he's gonna be evil or something it, like it wasn't like a super obvious twist straight away but like you know they foreshadow whatever but then it becomes really obvious 
Uh, it's a twist that for me came too late in the film, uh, and I there was already so much going on, and I just I don't know I didn't yeah. care. Especially because it seemed like at first it was going to be like he's really cowardly, like oh look, he's running away from you know leaving people to die, and he's lying about what happened. But then it's just like no, he's actually just completely evil. That's his whole thing. Yeah, I thought he actually played the evil side really badly. Um, I wouldn't say his performance as the annoying whiny doctor was. Um, was bad, but I, I just found the character obnoxious. But once he turns evil, it this is not a good performance. Actually, I thought he was a bit, bit much, um, a bit over the top. It it just it didn't feel right. It felt kind of creepy and and oh, look, and I guess he's trying to be creepy, but it uh, it just felt a little off. And and the other thing I was going to say that I associated Tova Grace with was um, Venom from Spider Man Three, which was not his fault. I mean, again, he was horribly miscast in that film. I don't want to turn this into a Spider Man Three review, but. Uh, I guess just I'm associating this guy with this performance, which I didn't like, and uh, and Venom from Spider-Man 3, which was uh, an abomination, to be honest. But uh, maybe we'll review that film a different day. Uh, the um, Yeah, The Prisoner, played by... Uh, was it Walter... I don't know if his first name's Walter Gargans. Uh, this this character was... Um, Walton. Walton. Walton Gargans, yeah, I got yeah. it right. Um, he, this character was, I thought... Yeah, I I didn't find him. I, I just thought he was gross. I, I mean, yeah. I, I get he's supposed to be that way, but um, I didn't. There are a few lines. I'm not going to repeat them, but yeah. there are a few lines that I thought were. Look, maybe look, I guess the world's changed a lot, but in 2010, maybe they got away with those. But there are a few lines in this film that he drops that are uh, dropped for comedic purposes. One in particular, and I think you know what I'm talking yeah. about. I just don't think that line would fly today, um, particularly particularly given um, you know. It wasn't gonna, even, yeah. and even back then, I don't think it was a very good line. Oh, I don't think like, it was. It's not funny. I don't. Like, I don't like. Yeah, it's, it's just, very. That's very why. Dark. I, that's why I mean when I was saying like he yeah. talks like you know a thirteen year old on Xbox Live. Yeah, because like that's pretty much what it sounds like. Yeah, a lot of his dialogue was, uh, yeah, not the best. Yeah. Um, okay, that's enough about these characters. Uh, okay, actually, one, one more. Lawrence Fishburne. Now, um, I just wanted to mention because Lawrence Fishburne's introduced in this film via um, wearing a predator mask. He sneaks up yeah. behind. Did you think for a moment that that was a predator or did you straight away... When he walks up to him, I immediately assumed it was not an actual predator. For half a second, I thought, whoa, that looks terrible. Because um, <laughs> <laughs> like, in the lead up to it, you assume it's a predator, but then the actual reveal. But I didn't know Lawrence Fisberg was in this film. I didn't realize he was in it. So that was kind of a nice surprise. Yeah, look, I think his performance is pretty good, actually. In fact, it's probably the best performance of the film, really. It's probably the most memorable character. He's the most interesting character, right? Because he has some backstory to him and you sort of, that you're interested in. Um, but I can't help but thinking the whole time I'm watching that he is just channeling Marlon Brando from Apocalypse Now. And yeah. he was in that film. <laughs> This is this is basically. Have you seen Apocalypse Now? I have. He. This is <laughs> yeah, basically just it. a reenactment of Marlon Brando from Apocalypse Now. It's. Uh, I feel like that he wanted to do that. Like that. That's exactly. Is that why he took the role? I don't know, but <laughs> it just seems a bit of a coincidence. He was in Apocalypse Now, and he takes this role as someone who basically, um, you know, is, is, has a similar sort of experience. Although there were no predators in Apocalypse Now that we know of. Yeah, that we know. Of. Um, <laughs> But uh, but yeah, I I think that he just jumped at the opportunity to reenact Marlon Brando's great yeah. performance in Apocalypse Now, and he does a very good job. I, I really like Lawrence Fishburne in this, but but yeah, uh, I 
I, I just think that whole sequence with him uh, kind of slowed down the film a bit and it, it, it sort of sidetracked it a bit. I was on board with everything until until we get to that, that, that scene. And, yeah, uh, I, I feel like, because really it just kind of ends up being an expedition dump. Like, you just learn a bunch of stuff about the Predators and then, you know, one or two characters dies. Yeah. And it's about it. The, uh, the setting. So, setting this film in a jungle, just like the first film. Uh, I think it acts as a good plot device and, you know, it's, uh, they, like, they have to try and work out where they are, as I said earlier. And, um... And yeah, again, it just channels that feeling that you get from the first film where they feel isolated. Yeah. And, um, and eyes always on you kind of thing. Yeah, you, and there's, there's sort of a hopelessness about it. Mm, like, you know, you never further ending. and there's more jungle. Yeah, just that, as I was going to say, just never-ending jungle. Like, um, and you can't see properly in the, all the foliage and everything, you know, to yeah. help really get the idea of them being hunted. Yeah. You know, yeah. Unlike Predator 2 where it's in LA or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Oh, with the voodoo gangs. <laughs> Um, so there were, uh, you know, and the jungles obviously a callback to the first one, uh, but there were so many throwbacks to the first film and, you know, like the minigun, the yeah. Russians minigun. Uh, now look, I actually liked a lot of these, like we, we spoke about the score, the minigun, the jungle, and I, I liked most of these throwbacks to the film. The moment where it started to lose me a little bit was, uh, the scene in which, uh, they fall down the waterfall, um, which is obviously channeling. Yeah. The fame one of the best scenes from the first Predator where Arnold falls off the waterfall and into the lake. Uh that was I, I reckon at that point I started to get a bit sort of over it. Like I don't mind when a film channels its source you know, like yeah. it channels the original like Predator. You expect, it, you expect a few references here and there. Oh yeah, sure, and I love that sort of stuff. But like at that point it's like, you know, just be your own movie. Like, stop reminding us of a better movie that we could be watching now instead of this. Right. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I kind of found that a little bit annoying. Um, there was also another moment to, towards the end of the film. We'll get to this, but towards the end of the film when Adrian Brody's character covers himself in mud uh, in order to fight the Predator. Again, like, you know, I don't mind a little throwback. Like, the minigun's just a little throwback, but it's not, it's not an essential part of the plot. Like yeah. you're, you're like stealing. There was a mini guy, minigun guy in Predator One, and there's a minigun guy here too. Yeah, okay. Yeah, but the minigun doesn't have anything to do yeah, with the plot of like, the film. Like, this, like the cool. waterfall, and really this part at the end with the mud. Um, that you're stealing plot points from the first film, and that that's not that's not channeling back to the first one. Like you're literally just ripping it off at this point in a way that's worse. So like, yeah, I I I wasn't on board with all of these. All of these um, these these throwbacks to the first film. Uh, okay, what well, one thing that I think this this film did do well and that it needed to do well was to teach us more about the predators and give us a little bit more insight into them and and expand on it. And I think they did a good job. Like we see these predator dogs, yeah. that was kind of cool. They weren't in it. I thought they were in it just enough. Like you know that they were they were a cool new little weapon that they used with the little whistle as well. I like that. Um, I liked scenes where Adrian Brody was kind of explaining what the Predators were doing, like as hunters and what yeah. he would do. And, you know, I, I thought that was all it pretty It was better cool. than just saying, like, oh, this is how they do it because that's how... It's like the way he, like, justified, like, that's what I would do. And, like, okay, yeah, that makes sense enough. Yeah, yeah, I, I like that. Um, I thought that the, the, the idea of introducing different kinds of Predators as well was really cool. Like, we've got... Uh, I don't think they're ever really named. I think that... They're named on IMDb. As Uber Predators? There's... Um, is that what they're called? There's, like, Tracker Predator, Berserker Predator, and the Classic Predator. I think there's another one. All right, so we know what the Classic Predator is. The Tracker one is what the Predator with the, the little eagle thing, which I assume is... Yeah. I, I assume that was robotic. 
I would assume so, yeah. Yeah, um, and then the Berserker was what the big one with yeah. the with the big gold skull. Like that was really cool. Like some of these these new masks. Uh, I mean, the mask in Predator Two was a bit different to the first mask in, in the original Predator. But these new masks are cool. And one of the best shots, in, in fact, in my opinion, the best shot of the film is when the tracker goes back to the original Predator, and each of the new Predators are sort of revealed. Like they like they um take their cloaks off, and you sort of see it's just one shot that sort of goes through the whole pack. The all three yeah. of them and you see all these three new predators and they you know one of them's got uh you know a completely different mask there's another like the leader of the uber predators i'm just calling them uber predators um has the the gold uh jaw un- att- attached to the neath of his um yeah like i thought that was really cool like that that's a really cool shot it's a good way of letting us dis- like distinguish between which one's which and uh and yeah, look that these predators look really cool. I, I um, that was my favorite part of the film. Really, is learning more about them. Uh, even like it was a reveal as well that when they take their masks off, their faces are different. Um, mm. That was really cool, uh, and I like the infighting as well. And I think they give you just the right amount of detail. Like they never really went into too much. Uh, we, we all we can tell from this is that there are different bands, the different types of predators. And uh, and they don't like each other, and they've been fighting for a long time, and that's about it. We don't really know why, and we don't really know what's going on in Predator World apart from the fact that there are two types, and that was really cool. Um, yeah, so it was cool to see two Predators fighting each other, which we'd never seen, not even in Alien versus Predator. So, no, yeah, yeah, I I, I really enjoyed that part of it. Um, even when Adrian Brody, uh, they keep trying to do this thing where the predators and the humans team up, but oh, yeah. um, I'm sort of stealing that from Alien versus Predator. But but it didn't really happen in this one. A- a- the Adrian Brody kind of bargains with him, yeah, you know, and uh, and I like how the predators have kind of got this honor system. Like you help me, so I'll help you, and I, I like that. Which does seem somewhat consistent from Aliens versus Predator. Yeah, I look, not that this film, not that this film I don't think ever tries to be or f- have any throwbacks to Alien versus yeah, Predator. Yeah, but like at least seems consistent an idea between those things. Yeah. Which yeah. might come from somewhere else like a comic series or something. Yeah, yeah. Um so, you know, I, I enjoyed that aspect of it. Uh Look, um I guess when we get to the uh, there are a couple of major fights here that that I think are we might as well speak about at this point. Um, there was the Yakuza guy. What's his name? I don't know. I, I forgot his name. I don't think they ever really name him. He's just the Yakuza guy who takes his shoes off at the start of the film. Oh, yeah. Can you tell me why he did that? I still don't really know. Uh, uh, don't tell me it was because he didn't want to ruin his good shoes. I mean, maybe he didn't want to ruin his good shoes. <sighs> no, I, I still don't really get that. Oh, so just remember, um, he actually had one of my favorite character moments where he's like, they're talking about whatever, and he like shows these missing fingers. I yeah. forgot the line he says, but I thought that was like just kind so of he talks neat... too much. Yeah, that was it. Yeah. Like I thought that was just a neat way just infer to figure out what happened to him without being super explicit, which sometimes the film was a bit too explicit on certain things. I think you're being very generous there, Damien. I think this I mean, character no, was looked cool. I get like it's, like it's so many mu- it's not like a huge mu- it's just like it's like one tiny thing that they did kind of okay. But I think like this character, like so many of the others, looks really cool. You feel like he might have a cool backstory, but we just never get one. Mm-hmm. And and that's kind of like you know, I feel like they made this um this sword fight scene, I think, was a, a like a reasonably good scene. I, I didn't think it was it's anything great. I felt like the movie thinks it's really cool. Like, yeah, like, like this is a really cool action scene. It's like, like those cool like kind of samurai movie shots where it's like, oh, they're in the tall grass and he's putting his hand across it or whatever. It reminded like, me of the opening of Street Fighter 2. 
Um, <laughs> the have you seen the animated film? No. Well, even in the animated cutscene in the start of the game, um, you know, Ryu's fighting uh, Sagat, I think that's his name, and um, and they uh, they're fighting in the tall grass, and I mean, there's sure there's probably lots of films where they've had tight. Um, I mean, that's the thing. Fights like, in the tall. Just gr- like the characters, this scene is just an archetype of something else. Yeah. Really. So, but you know, it's got a predator in it, and that's kind of cool. It is, yeah. So, uh, look, I thought that scene was was fine. And, of course, we get to the conclusion in which um, Adrian Brody has a fight. Well, okay, well, before we get to that, two predators fight. I've already touched on this before, but the the fight between the, I'm going to call it the uber predator and the original predator, I thought was pretty short, but uh, but cool. Like, I really enjoyed that. Um, and seeing, uh, what, what does he decapitate? I yeah, that yeah. that was pretty cool. Like I, I like that. More of that would have been cool. I would have liked to have seen maybe a few predators like teaming up on each other or something like that. Like that would have been great. But this was satisfying. Like okay, fine. And then um, okay, so we get to this conclusion, and again, Adrian Brody covers himself in mud. You know, we've seen, we've seen before. that before. Uh, this is just a poor man's version of what happened in the first one. Uh, I like this setting with all the patches of fire, although it did feel a little bit like we're on a movie set. Um, I, I did kind of like that. And, uh, and you know, the, the predator death, the uber predator death at the end was, you know, kind of cool as well. I think there's a bit of a theme here, Damien. Everything's kind of fine. Like, um, like there's some cool stuff, you know. Nothing's then, terrible, but nothing's really that good the either. The prison is terrible. I love how, and this is a bit violent, but um, I love how um, when the predator's head is falling off, you kind of hear the vocal cords stretch yeah. and break. Do you remember that? Yeah. His head's falling off, and I'm not going to make the sound, but you hear the voice, uh, his kind of roar just kind of goes really high-pitched yeah. and then stops. Yeah, it, it sounds really gross, but it's pretty cool too. It was really cool. Like, I really liked that. Um, and it was kind of satisfying. Um, and, and yeah, what, what, what do you make of the ending of this? Uh, they don't get off the planet at the end? I think they're trying to set up a sequel here. And uh, a sequel that never really came. I mean, there is another Predator film, yeah, but, but I don't, uh, think, I don't think it... Well, we haven't seen it, but it doesn't seem like it's going to be related to this one. So, yeah. Um, um, it was an okay ending, I guess. It did feel a bit like sequel bait, but at the same time, I feel like it is closed off enough so that you can probably figure out that they're not going to live through it. Because the implication that, you know, any time the Predator gets killed, they will just adapt and become stronger or whatever. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. I guess it's closed off enough and open enough for a studio's liking, especially if they weren't sure how well this was going to do. Yeah. Okay, Damien. Well, we've spoken about it now. So, do you recommend Predators? Nah. I don't recommend it. It's like, it's very much just kind of okay in every regard. Like, it's not really worth seeing unless you really just want to watch all the Predator films. Like, there's nothing, I think, in this film that makes it really worth watching. Okay, well, you know, Damien, I'm going to start off with quoting a line from the Angry Video Game Nerd when he was reviewing Independence Day on PlayStation 1. He says, It's so damn mediocre that it's hard to come up with legitimate complaints. That is pretty much how I feel about this film. Um, I don't think that there's anything particularly wrong with this film, but there's nothing really particularly good either. Yeah. It's satisfying, you know, quotation marks. It, it like on paper, it looks like a good film. Like we learn more about the predators. There are, you know, a wide range of characters that, you know, come from suitable sort of backgrounds like Yakuza, you know, army, Spit, pre- you know, like psycho serial killer, doctor. Um, 
yeah, Doctor, you know, uh, there are the there are twists. Um, it's set in the jungle again, and you know we learn more about this infighting between the predators, and there are a few pretty good fights in it as well, and uh, and a, a few homages to the first film. But none of it is that good. Like it, like I feel like if you want to see a predator movie, just see the first one because the first one is just does this. Everything that's in this is better in the first yeah. one. So. Yeah, um, I was really on the fence about this one, but I'm kind of going to go with you. Uh, not recommend. Like, if you want to see Predator, if you want to see a good Predator film, see the first one. Um, the only, as I said, like just what you said, Damien. The only reason I could um, see to recommend this is if you want to see all the Predator films, um, like we do. <laughs> so yeah, look, I mean, it's a big step up from Predator Two. Like, it's not a bad movie, but it's really not that good it's either. It's like and I completely okay. You know, what, what I said, what my memories of this film were not many because I just sort of, I just sort of forgot about it. Like, I, I feel like after a day, this movie's gone and you don't care about it anymore. Yeah. There's nothing too memorable about it. So, yeah, uh, that's pretty much how we feel. So, two not recommends. Yeah. 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 Hopefully the next one. Hopefully the next one. Well, okay. Well, that's all for today. Um, Damien, where can people find us? Uh, you can find us at Facebook at the Movie Lad Pod, at yep. Twitter at the same, and also on SoundCloud. That's right. And you can also listen to us on Radio Karam. We've got a little Radio Karam audience as well. Also, Radio Karam audiences, we didn't upload Predator 2 to your Radio Karam feed, but if you want to listen to that, you can listen to that on SoundCloud or Twitter and Facebook, as Damien mentioned. All right, so that's it from us. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time with our review of The Predator. <laughs>